We're going to go to the book of Ecclesiastes, the ninth chapter and tenth verse. I done preached once in the last month at Ecclesiastes. I'm going back again. I told you that I love the book of Ecclesiastes. I like it better than to do uh, Proverbs, but both are great books. But uh, there's a lot of powerful things in Ecclesiastes, and we're going to talk from some of them today. And you uh, pray for me, if you will. Chapter 9, verse 10. This is what it reads like. I'm reading from the New King James um, version of the text, which says, Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. And by the way, I want to add that the Hebrew version from the Hebrew actually has the indication here of saying all your might. And some other biblical translations puts the word all in there because it does show that indication in the original Hebrew. Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. For there is no work or device or knowledge or wisdom in the grave where you are going. Let's pray. Lord, as we come today, we thank you and we praise you for the privilege to be in your house today. Thank you, God, for all those that have joined together with us. We praise you for your grace and your mercy. Thank you, God, for your goodness. Now we ask, God, that you will help us, God, deliver the messages you laid upon our heart today, and we'll give you the praise and the glory. In Jesus' name, let the church say, Amen. Amen. You can be seated. Praise the Lord. By the grace of God, I want to, I want to try to speak to you in a subject title today, Applying passion to purpose. Applying passion to purpose. The first part of the scripture in Ecclesiastes says, Whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Or let me paraphrase that, do it with passion. Do it with passion. Nothing great is ever accomplished in life without passion. Nothing great is ever sustained in life without passion. Passion is what energizes life. Passion makes the impossible possible. Passion gives you a reason to get up in the morning and say, I'm going to do something with my life today. Without passion, life becomes boring. It becomes monotonous. It becomes routine. And just frankly, without passion, your life is dull. Hallelujah. It's just plain, simply dull. One writer put a few years back by the name of E.M. Forrester, he wrote these words. He says, one person with passion... It's better than 40 people who are just merely interested. Think about that. Hallelujah. My Lord, one person with passion is worth 40 who's just interested. I've ran into a whole lot of people in my life who's been interested in church. Amen. Hallelujah. We've talked things, and how about doing this or doing that, whatever. And I've seen an awful lot of people 
who indicate they're interested in something. But they never accomplish anything because they're, the interest about it as far as it goes. There's no passion involved. Hallelujah. Passion is what mobilizes armies into action. Passion is what causes explorers to some of you uh, Star Trekkies out there. Passion is what causes them to go boldly where no man has gone before. Passion is what causes scientists to spend late night hours trying to find a cure for a dreaded disease. Hallelujah. Now, if you ain't decided or figured it out yet, what pastor's trying to do this morning, I'm trying to light a fire under somebody. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Passion is what it, what it what takes a good athlete and turns him or her into a great athlete. Hallelujah. Where they're going out and breaking records. You've got to have passion in your life. Hallelujah. Some people make an excuse about something, why that they won't never be able to do this or do that, or how come sometimes we question why some people can achieve better at this and better at that, and we won't say, well, they were just born with that certain special something, and that is not the case most of the time. Most of the case, hallelujah, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Chet Atkins achieved what he did because he had passion for what he was doing. Hallelujah. Amen. He never got up, amen, and put on a, a 45 minute performance without, pl without going through a three or four hour practice session. Any good musician would tell you the same thing. Hallelujah. In fact, somebody trying to do something will drive you crazy. Over and over and over again. And even those who, who, ex, who experience greatness and become great musicians, when they sit down to practice, I, I've talked, I don't consider myself great, but I know some great ones and I've talked to, and I've been around some great ones. And when they sit down to practice, they still spend hours just going over notes like that. When they practice, they don't actually get into a full song, but they go through exercises. Because if you don't learn the exercises, you're not going to be good enough to play the song. It's got to take passion. You have to have passion for what you want. And I'm speaking especially, I know a lot of our young people are back in children's church, but... But if you want to become something, if you want to do something, there's got to be passion. Amen. You've got to have passion about whatever. The wisest man who ever lived penned the words that we read a few minutes ago. He said, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. Hallelujah. There's a few principles, amen, that my father instilled in me, and I still believe it today. If anything is worth doing, it's worth putting 100% in. You're not doing your, you a favor. You're not doing nobody else a favor. If you do anything, especially for God, half-heartedly. Hallelujah. He was the wisest man who ever lived. And he said, whatsoever your hand finds to do, do it with your might. Now let me ask you a question. Let me just 
slow down for a moment and ask your question. Why was that phrase important enough to put in the Bible? Whatever your hand finds to do. Think about that for a moment. Why was that important enough to be added to the Holy Scriptures? Why was it? Does it re- listen, does it really matter how you do something as long, just as long as you do it? Is the end result the same? Think about that. Hallelujah. Why was that important, so important? If we all here believe, and I believe we all here believe that the Bible is the divinely inspired Word of God, that there's nothing in there without importance, why was it put there? Hallelujah. Why does it matter? Well, you know, whether or not somebody's got passion about something or really loves something or not, as long as they do it, ain't that the important thing? Well, is the end result the same? I have worked in a few manufacturing jobs. I have been in my lifetime in order, well, you know, when, when you marry uh, uh, at 17 years old, when I did, and, uh, and uh, still uh, I hadn't reached that 18-year-old mark, and, and my daddy sat down and said, well, I'll sign the papers for you to get... But, but son, he said, you got to know this. He said, you're taking on the responsibility and don't come back to daddy. He says, you, you got to be willing to get out and make a living. And so doing that and taking on that responsibility and believing that and believing how important it was, I took, I took to that. I went, I went to that. And then, and because of that in my lifetime, I have been a jack of all trades <laughs> and master none. I've done just about anything imaginable. Whatever it takes to put bread on the table, I was willing to do it. I ain't, I ain't never been too proud to do anything. And also, I ain't never been too lazy to do anything too, by the way. A lot of this generation needs to hear that. Hey, if my family, if my family needs something and I ain't doing, if I ain't getting enough through the church and driving that school bus, if I have to add a third thing and start flipping burgers, I'm going to flip burgers. Hallelujah. I don't know how some of you older ones remember at the time Sister Darlene had the accident. I was driving the school bus. I was pastor. When I got off the school bus and parked it at 5 o'clock, I drove from Jolton to, uh, to uh, Springfield, and I, and I worked I work from 6 o'clock to 11 o'clock at night in the furniture department at Walmart. Work ain't never scared me, and work ain't never hurt me. There's a lot of people need to understand that. So I've done just a little bit of everything, and I've worked a few manufacturing jobs, worked on assembly lines in my time. And, and I'm talking about having passion and, and whether or not that makes a difference. So let me, let me, let me tell you something. And, and, and working in manufacturing, especially on the assembly line in the past, Believe me, you can tell the difference from the worker who takes pride in his work and those who are just trying to get to the next paycheck. 
You want to know why? You go out and pay good money for something, and what you buy, be it an automobile or whatever it may be, it turns out to be a lemon. It could be that one little lemon that come out of the, the hundred or so that came off of that assembly line that was done by a person who didn't take no pride in his work and he was just trying to get to his next paycheck. And I really found that out when I was, when I was promoted, amen, after I'd been long enough at State Stove and they put me in the quality control department as I was walking the lines and checking the quality stuff. You see, it don't take very long to figure out People who put pride in what they do, and there, there are others who just come to work every morning. They're just a dragon. They're half mad at the world because they got to get them to go to work anyway. Hey, get over it. The Bible says if you don't work, you don't eat. That's Bible. That's not Sammy Pruitt. Hallelujah. But see, when you got people like that, it causes a lot of other people to suffer around them. If you go out and you purchase something put together by somebody who didn't take no pride in what they did, you're the one going to have to pay the price for it. Hallelujah. So uh, the end result is not the same. It's not the same. Well, as well, long as somebody does it, it don't. Uh, yes, it does matter, and it matters with God. I believe that's why He's got this in here. Hallelujah. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with passion. Do it with all your might. The fact is, nothing. Look at your neighbor and tell them nothing. Nothing you do without having passion involved with it will ever be your best effort. It will always be second or third best. If you don't have passion for what you do, your heart will not be in it, and it will always turn out to be something substandard. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to tell you something. Amen. And I hope and pray we don't have none around here, but a, but a Sunday school teacher who don't take time to study his or her Sunday school lesson, they're not worth a flip as a Sunday school teacher. You don't get up and rush in a church house and try to teach somebody without putting time in it. Hallelujah. Let me go and look in Sister Darling's classroom and see what she spent hours on by herself yesterday and I know for a fact a lot of times when we're pulling out here on Sunday she's got her Sunday school book open looking at next Sunday's lesson to see what she needs to do. You see when we're doing something for the kingdom of God you ought to have some pride in yourself. You ought to, if, you, if you're not able to put your best into it, and I admire people. I, I've asked people for certain, do certain positions, and I thank God for those who've come back to me and say, well, Brother Port, I love to, amen, but this time I don't believe I could put 100% in it, and if I can't put 100% in it, I listen, God respects that too. He respects that more than he tells somebody who would take the test, amen, and go out and just, just, come on. Hallelujah. You've got to have passion about what you do and especially for the God, the Lord. If you don't have passion for what you do, your heart is not going to be in it. Hallelujah. Now, I think I've, I've established the fact that passion is the determining factor between good and great, between ordinary and extraordinary. It's the difference between surviving and thriving. Hallelujah. So now, we need to examine how to focus our passion 
into what best benefits the eternal purpose of God he's called us to. You see, I'm, I'm preaching about applying passion to purpose. Now, in our culture today, it's okay to be passionate about anything except your faith in God. Amen? It's okay to be passionate about anything except your faith in God and how far you will go to serve Him. Now, you can go to a rock concert or a political rally or a baseball game and you can shout your head off. You can get so excited for a winning team that you get so hoarse from yelling so loud and nobody thinks that's a big deal. Hallelujah. You can jump up and dance around and paint body part, parts of your body the colors of the team. Men, take your shirt off and paint your, paint your chest blue and green and what all. You see, I've, you've seen them watch TV, watching games, all painted up and, and all, all kind of things like that. And if you do that at a game, people say he's a real fan or she's a real fan. They got team spirit. Hello, somebody. Uh, look at your neighbor. They might not pick up and say, Pastor's preaching right now. Hallelujah. Amen. But you know what? If I go all out in worship or strive to live and to act and to dress holy as the Bible teaches me to do, people don't say, I've got team spirit or I'm a fan of Jesus. They say he's a fanatic and he's a nutcase. Talk about your double standards. Hallelujah. You see, you don't want to get too involved in em or emotional about your faith. It's okay to do it about your job. It's okay to do it about any kind of pastime activity you want or virtually anything else in the world, but just don't do it about God. Don't go overboard with God. Ain't a person in here, hey man, who's never went overboard about something. Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. We about all lost our mind over something at one time in our life. Hallelujah. Oh, but when you start talking about going overboard for God, now let's not go crazy now. Hallelujah. <laughs> I don't think it'd do it much anymore because maybe people warn them. I don't know. I, I, I don't know what, but when I first took over and was pastoring years ago, I've always, even, I mean, all my life, back back before I, I put on the weight, back when I was a slim guy, amen, I'd get to going, I, uh, amen, uh, my face turns red, you look like you could light a cigarette off of it, amen, when I get excited, amen, and a lot of, a lot of times, in, a lot of times in the past, new people come, come in, so, and, and I know it's, it's gotten back to me, they say, oh no, that guy's fixing to fall over dead with a heart attack. I think, I think our people now, uh, uh, must let, give people know ahead of time, hey, he's gonna be alright, hallelujah. Amen. But, but, but there's, there's something wrong here, church. 
because we get so involved in everything else. And listen, what I'm talking about, I'm, I'm not telling you it's a sin or wrong. It's, I mean, to be passionate about this thing or passionate uh, about that thing in life, that's all right. But let me tell you something, on the, same, on the same sense, we need to be passionate about what we do for God. Hallelujah. Because if we don't have passion, that means your heart ain't in it. And if your heart ain't in it, you ain't doing God's service. And God does not respect you for that. You might think He does. You may think His grace will cover that, but it won't. Hallelujah. Glory. What are we going to do? How are we going to go about applying passion to purpose? There's a calling. A purpose that goes far beyond the course of the everyday pursuits of this life. The passionate fisherman, hunter, sports fan will not be eternally sustained by those passions. Now, I'm not preaching against them. I'm not saying they're wrong. But follow what I'm saying. The people who are passionate about some of these other things is great. It's good. You achieve certain things, enjoy certain things, but those passions will not, amen, sustain you, amen, through eternity. Do you hear what I'm saying? Hallelujah. Are you think you're going to walk up to St. Peter with your fishing pole, your cane pole over one, and your cap on that's got all kind of fishing hooks around? Hello, St. Pete. Amen. Here's my pole. Here's my cap. Let me in. It's going to take more than that to get you in. He's going to, we're going to start opening the books, the Bible says, and we're going to see what other passions you've had beside that. Hallelujah. Glory to God. <laughs> Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. The practical passion for building wealth and financial security will never secure you when the death angel knocks at your door. Hallelujah. But there's a purpose which if you apply your passion, oh, glory to God, it will guarantee you eternal rewards and the satisfaction you have done something worthwhile in your life. Something where you have actually made a difference and the world is a better place because you were here. I don't know about you, amen, but I don't want to live my time, whatever my time is on this life, and never have helped nobody, never have made a difference in nobody's life. What benefit is that going to be for me? Hallelujah. Amen. A lot of times when I pray, I say, God, place somebody in my path today that I can help in some kind of way. Give me somebody today, Lord, that I can encourage, that I can lift up. Hallelujah. Amen. Because this world, God put me on this planet to do something more than just to benefit me. If God blesses me some kind of way, he blesses me so I can be a vessel and I can pour. I did an illustration here. Several months back, and I've got some men up here, and we started out with a pitcher, and each one of them had a glass, and we started pouring it from, from vessel to vessel, if you remember that. Hallelujah. That's what God 
wants us to do. He wants us to be poured from vessel unto vessel. That we think about other people than just ourselves. Hallelujah. How in the world, amen, do we apply passion to purpose? Let's talk about a few things, and I'm, I'm going to try to get through here just as quick as possibly can. First, I want to talk about Solomon's passion and purpose for his call to build. Solomon's passion and purpose for his call to build. 1 Kings chapter 5, verses 2 through 5. Then Solomon went to Hiram, saying, You know how my father David could not build a house for the name of the Lord his God because of the wars which are fought against him on every side until the Lord put his foes under the soles of his feet? But now the Lord my God has given me rest on every side. There is neither adversary nor evil occurrence. And behold, I purpose, there's that word purpose. I purpose to build a house for the name of the Lord my God as the Lord spoke to my father David saying, Your son whom I will set on your throne in your place shall build the house for my name. Now, I don't have time to go on through all the details. A lot of you know the stories of what happened. But let me, let, let's talk about Solomon just for a moment. Solomon was raised for a purpose. We find through other scriptures that when God told David he was not allowed to build the house, that David spent the rest of his life laying back building materials and supplies. He said the house that, that must be built for God must be exceedingly magnificent, and I'm afraid my son might not have all the wisdom. So even David couldn't, even though he couldn't build the house, he laid back a bunch of stuff. Amen. In preparation for the day that his son would grow up and take that test. So Solomon was raised for a purpose. Can I tell you, everybody in this building this morning, God's got a purpose for you. God's got a calling for every man, woman, boy, and girl in this place today. One reason why a lot of people go through life unfulfilled is they don't ever take the time to see what God wants them to do. They don't ever, they're always looking about what they want to do. And let me tell you again, young person, when you begin to think about what you want to be and what you want to become, you need to see what your destiny is by the hand of God because you will never be happy. You will never be fulfilled in life. Amen. Unless you're walking under the purpose and the destiny God has ordained you. Hallelujah. Solomon was raised for a purpose. There was a destiny plan for his life, even though the circumstances of his birth were not scripturally sound. Now watch this. Hallelujah. He didn't allow past circumstance to paralyze him in shame. When God said it was time, 
He pulled the throttle back and he poured all of his soul. He became passionate in the building one of the most magnificent buildings and temples for God that there ever was known. Amen. We have, we have references to Queen of Sheba had heard of the fame of Solomon and she came. Amen. Just to see. And what did the Queen of Sheba say, Brother Bobby? She said the half hadn't been told. He built something. You don't do something like that without passion. Hallelujah. You got to have your heart in it. Hallelujah. The reason why some people always fall on their face on God and never, every time they go two steps forward, they go four steps back is because they're not passionate about God. They're not passionate about going to his house. They're not passionate about giving. They're not passionate about, well, I'm preaching now. Hallelujah. Lord, you got to get some passion. In fact, I believe God expects me to have the same passion for me as I he had uh, a passion for him as he had for me when he was carrying that cross up Calvary. Solomon, he was raised for a purpose. He had a destiny. But his birth circumstances, follow me now, could have left that man paralyzed in shame or he wanted to go somewhere and not be here. Let me tell you something. First of all, as a kid growing up, there's one thing you can count on kids being kids. And I always believe this, and I believe it more so now since the past uh, 16 to 18 years I've been driving a school bus I'm fully persuaded can't nobody be more uh, hurtful to another kid than a kid they're cruel to one another so can you imagine here's Solomon as a kid growing up in Jerusalem And um, nobody, nobody and none of God's people ever whisper and talk behind nobody's back. Never have, never will. Solomon go out, go out, go out to play. Here come him whispers. Do you know? Do you know Solomon? He's a love child. You know, his daddy, King David, even though he's a king, he committed murder because he committed adultery. Solomon, some people say, some kids say, my daddy says, I can't play with you, Solomon, because, because of how you came to be. Ain't nothing right about your birth. Ain't nothing scriptural about your birth. We don't know what all this young man grew up and what all he had to go through and what he had to endure. Hallelujah. Amen. Because it ain't, it ain't nowhere, it wasn't even back then, nowhere as free as it, was, it is today. Even, 
Let me tell you something. You want to know how things, things have changed? When I was a kid and, and adults got to talking about somebody being pregnant, even an animal, I mean, they didn't, they, they didn't tell kids nothing back then. And they weren't going. They weren't going. They they they, they wasn't. Uh, they wasn't about. Amen. To say uh, 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 that cat, Amen, is pregnant. You can say that cat's fixing fine kittens. I heard that a lot of times growing up, and I, I sat there. Uh, where are they going to find a man? But Solomon had to go through all that stigma and all that stuff about how he came to be. God wanted me to tell somebody in this house. God says, I got a plan for you. I got a purpose. And it don't matter what's happened in your past. It don't matter where you have come through or why. Amen. You are where you're at right now. God said, I have called you. I've ordained you. Hallelujah. And all I'm asking you to do is put a little passion in what I have given you as a purpose. And you will overcome every mouth that will try to rise up against you. You will grow up. Oh, everybody tries to make you shame. Hallelujah. Because guess what, sister? The same God that forgives our sin wipes away the shame and the guilt. I don't have to feel Oh, I'm not telling you, Brother Bobby. I'm not saying that I ain't never done nothing that I shouldn't feel guilty about. I feel guilty about. But God takes care of that. Do you understand what I'm saying? Solomon had passion. He had purpose purpose and he built amen the greatest temple of God that there ever was amen that the queen of Sheba said the half has it never been told I've got to go on my time is running out I could go on further with that but let's talk about Daniel's passion and purpose for prayer Daniel chapter 6 verses 10 and 11 now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed. Now, I, I, I come in the middle of something here. Uh, Daniel had some enemies. Daniel had some people who was jealous. And let me tell you, any time that God wants to use you or God's called you for something, there's going to be always somebody going to be jealous about what God wants you to do. Amen. And so they talked to the king, and they got the king to sign a petition. They say, listen, old king, because they done checked Daniel out, and they knew what Daniel was doing. They knew Daniel was a man of prayer. So they, they, got, they talked to the king and says, listen, why don't you sign a decree, old king, that for the next 30 days anybody who prays to any other god except to your mighty glory Throw them in a, in a den of lions. That's where we was at. Now Daniel knew that the writing was signed. And he went home, and in his upper room, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God. 
as was his custom since early years. Daniel had always had a passion for prayer. Daniel knew the importance of prayer. And he never failed. Three times every day he would stop, no matter what he was doing. And he would face his homeland. And there he would pray to God. Three times a day. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And then it all broke loose. The, oh, my Lord. The prophet Daniel lived a whole life full of purpose, church. His circumstances could have turned him bitter and filled with hatred over the ones who destroyed his home, killed many of his friends and family, and took him away as a slave. But Daniel purposed in his heart. <laughs> Glory to God. Think about it. Here's another young man. He was just a teenager when the Babylonians came into his city, busted the walls of Jerusalem down, tore, lay it, lay it flat. That beautiful temple that Solomon built, they destroyed it. They took all the gold and the silver that was in that temple that Solomon made and they carried it off to Babylon. They killed a bunch of the people. And those that they didn't kill, they, they brought them back to Babylon and made them a slave. Now Daniel had an option as just a young boy, just a teenager. He could have let bitterness come in his heart. He could just spend his time wondering about how can I get back of these people? How can I do something to hurt them the way they've hurt me? Hallelujah. Listen, a lot of modern-day apostolics could learn something from Daniel. He didn't have the Holy Ghost like we claim, but yet he didn't let bitterness. Some of you have been carrying grudges for years. Daniel, he had, he had more to be angry and hold a grudge than any five people in this room put together. Because ain't none of us been treated by any enemy like Daniel was treated. But Daniel had a call. He had a purpose. And he applied passion to that purpose. And every day he would look towards Jerusalem. And I know one of the things he was praying, he was praying for God to one day let him come back home. Hallelujah. One day let Jerusalem be rebuilt again. Hallelujah. He can, it was a, it was a passion with him. Hallelujah. He prayed with passion. He lived his whole life full of passion. His circumstances could have turned him bitter and filled with hatred. Hallelujah. Of all those things. But Daniel purposed in his heart, and his purpose was driven with passion. So God made him a ruler. Listen to this now. God made him a ruler in the country which was ruling over him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. But, oh, hallelujah. You know, back when he first got there, they tried to make Daniel, amen, eat the king's meat and all the delicacy and drink the wine. But the Bible said in chapter 1 that Daniel purposed in his heart. Oh, glory to God. A lot of people 
people are running around saying, well, I can't do this and I can't do that. Hallelujah. Can I say you need a little shot of determination in your life? Can I tell you you need to get some purpose in your life and quit saying, amen, that you can't do nothing because the Bible tells you you can do all things with Christ who gives you strength. Hallelujah. He purposed to always pray no matter what the cost would be. When Daniel prayed, he turned toward Jerusalem and prayed with passion and confidence that Jehovah was and is a God who would not fail. And friends, that was proven true because he was cast into the lion's den. Hallelujah. Glory to God. And the old king, Daniel, amen, had the best sleep that he'd had in years. Hallelujah. He laid down. I can, I don't know, it might not be right. Amen. The Bible don't say, but I just envision one great big old lion laying there. Amen. In that old cave. Amen. And he couldn't find nothing else soft. So Daniel laid down his head right there on the back and the belly of one of those lions. Oh, it was soft. He slept like a baby. Oh, the old king, amen, he was a-pacing back and forth. Didn't get a week's sleep all night. Amen. As soon as the sun broke through, he ran down to the den. He said, Oh, Daniel, hallelujah, has your God delivered you from the lions? Amen. And you know what? He didn't hear a curse. He didn't, he didn't curse you, king. He didn't say, God, this, 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 and this because of what all you did about my family. He said, oh, king, live forever. Lord of God, he said, my God sent an angel and shut the, out of the mouth of the lions. I've had a great night. What about you? Because he had passion and purpose. One more point, and I'm going to close. I want to talk about Paul's passion and purpose for souls. And part of this, part of this I'm persuaded God gave me for my benefit because I don't believe there might be but I don't believe there's ever been a minister who hadn't gotten discouraged, depressed, or down. Because, because of the fact of a calling. Well, let's read this. Second Corinthians chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. Now for the third time, Paul says, I am writing to come to you ready to come to you. I will not be burdensome to you, for I will not seek yours but you. For the children ought not to lay up for the parents, but the parents for the children. And I will very gladly spend and be spent for your souls. Though the more abundantly I love you, the less I am loved. Hallelujah. The Apostle Paul was the type of man who never did anything half-hearted. He always poured everything he had into whatever he was doing. Before he became to know the Lord, 
He passionately pursued Christians from city to city to have them arrested and persecuted. His heart burned with a fire for the law of Moses. But when he met Jesus on the road to Damascus, his purpose changed, but his passion didn't. Hallelujah. He became passionate for souls. He spent himself of everything earthly to fulfill the true purpose he was born for. You want to know the difference between a true shepherd and a hireling? The true shepherd who loves the sheep entrusted to him will stand the strongest when the wolves and the bears are coming. The harling, the one who's just there for the pay, he will tuck tail and run to save his own neck. Hallelujah. Apostle Paul said, I will gladly spend and be spent for you, your souls, and the sake of the gospel. Hallelujah. Paul had a purpose and he had a passion. Hallelujah. And he went about it with everything that he had. Amen. And I believe, let, let me conclude by telling you this, church. Church, it seems that everybody and every cause today has a passion. The abortionist burns with their passion. Fifty million being children being slaughtered since Roe v. Wade decision. The abortionist burns with passion. Everywhere you turn, they try to keep that going. The gay agenda is ablaze with their passion. My Lord, look at what we've seen in the last two or three years. Can you deny they don't have a passion over their agenda? It's affecting our whole lives, our countries, our homes, everything about us. They got a passion that's great. They burn with passion. And the new world order and those who promote it are passionately putting their plans to, together to kill liberty and national sovereignty. Till we finally have one world government and one world religion which will be godless without God. Church, when are we going to catch on fire? <laughs> when, will, when will the church passionately pursue the cause which we've been called to? Everybody else is burning with passion. I said this last week, and i got to say it again today. God, help me to have the passion like Kim Davis did. That's passion. That's passion. That's being sold out, sis. Hallelujah. But we're being swallowed up. We're being swallowed up. And the only way we're going to survive is that somebody catches on fire. Somebody becomes passionate. Be like a cartoon. I've seen this big old, uh, uh, I don't, some type of bird, seagull of some kind. It doesn't have a frog. The head was in the mouth. He was swallowing that frog down. The captain says, never give up. 
half that old frog was down that bird's mouth and he had, his arms and hands was, was still sticking out and he had both of them around that, that throat just squeezing it. Ain't gonna give up. Ain't gonna give up. We need more people in church saying, I'm not gonna give up. I'm gonna fight this thing to the end. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna demonstrate by the grace of God the same kind of passion that God have over me. I've got loved ones. I've got friends that lost. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let my life burn with passion. I'm, I'm going to be passionate about There's a purpose God's called me. There, there might be things messed up in my, in my past, things that I'm not proud of, but God's done took care of them, and I ain't going to let them weigh me back. I'm going to go on. I'm going to go on. Hallelujah. Everybody stand.